Hello and welcome to Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church located in Fremont, California. It is our prayer that today's broadcast will be a blessing to you. Let us prepare our hearts to hear the word of the Lord. That is a wonderful testimony to have in our hearts that no matter what may come our way, our lives are in the hand of a capable and powerful God. Good morning, family. For those of you who I haven't yet met, my name is Brian Murphy. I'm the pastor here at South Bay, and uh, you're here uh, on the second weekend of a two-part series that probably explains why I'm dressed this way, which I'm sure you all are wondering. Um, <laughs> I always dress like this. No. Um, I, I shared with the congregation a, a couple of weeks ago that um, I've gotten into this rhythm in my life where uh, at least once a year, usually in May, I, I take a couple of days and get away from technology, away from busyness, away from people, and uh, go out to the woods and just kind of have some quiet time with God. Uh, and so I did that this past May, and I shared, uh, I shared what I heard from God with a few people, and they suggested that I share it with the family. So I, I've called these um, Reflections from the Campfire. Uh, and so last week, we started with this series, uh, and so we spent a little bit of time unpacking this story of Jacob that we heard, and, and my parallel was that that, of course, is the famous story where he has the vision of the ladder and the angels coming up and down, and, and he's out in the wilderness, and he's sleeping on a rock, and so it was kind of his own wilderness camping experience. And, and I just kind of thought about this story and some of the things that, that came out of that, uh, some of the parallels, because in this story, we have Jacob encountering God for the very first time where that God became his God, and it transformed his entire life, and, and that's the kind of experience that, honestly, I was hoping for when I went out to the woods, and um, I shared a little bit last week. I said there was three reflections that I wanted to share. The first one I gave last week uh, was about uh, the campfire. And uh, I made the point that when you stand uh, in front of the campfire, you can cast this great big shadow that appears ominous and appears powerful, but really it's nothing. And so the lesson, the reflection for me was to be mindful that I don't stand in front of the light and put up some false show, but that I get out of the way and allow people to be drawn to the true light. So that was the first reflection, and I said I wanted to share two more today. So as I was thinking about how to uh, share these last two, I, I had a thought. And, and what I wanted us to do was to try to experience it and not just hear it. So I, I know that we have uh, wonderfully intelligent people, and I know we've got some diligent note takers, but I want to encourage you not to do that today. I want to invite you to my campsite. I want to invite you to just come and try to get a feel 
for what I experienced with God. And, and your thing might not be the woods. Your thing might not be camping. That's fine. It's a portrait of how I had a time with God. And so I want to uh, give you this. I want to share this with you. And I want to encourage you to think about your moments or your times and spaces where you can encounter God. So is that all right? Can, I, can we do that? Um, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set up my campsite. And while I'm doing that, let me give a little background because there's something important in this story that we didn't touch on last week. How did this whole thing get started in the first place? Uh, We find ourselves in Genesis 28, and Jacob is going off. He's been sent by his father Isaac to go find a good godly wife. Uh, Not the wives like his older brother has chosen from the people who didn't know God, but go find a good good wife. And and Jacob didn't do a lot of what he was supposed to, but he listened to this instruction. And so he's traveling to to Isaac's uh, and Rebekah, his mother's relatives, to go find a godly wife. And so on this way, he comes to this place called Bethel, or he renames it Bethel. Uh, And he has this vision, this dream, and he begins to... um, Uh, have this incredible experience. But one of the things we can't miss is that Jacob was in this situation because he was trying to get a hold of something. He had just taken a hold of something. He had just taken Esau's blessing. Now, many of you probably know that he took his... uh, He took his birthright earlier on, uh, if you look in the previous chapter, that he stole Esau, his older brother's blessing, by uh, robbing him for some food. He he traded him. I'll give you a a bowl of porridge if you'll give me your birthright. Now, the birthright is important in Israel because what it meant is that it meant that you would be the one who had authority over the family. You would be the one who was in charge of all of the monetary possessions. You could pretty much be the big dog, the head of the family. And so Esau sold that to Jacob for a bowl of porridge. And that wasn't quite enough because the other thing that that Jacob wanted besides just having the birthright is he wanted the blessing. Isaac was about to die. And what the the tradition was in ancient Israel, times was that when the father of the patriarch was about to die, he would call the oldest son to him, and he would give him the blessing that would be for generations. And and what this blessing did is it enabled the one that received it to be the one through whom God would speak to the next generation. He would not only be the one who was in charge of the material wealth, but he would be the conduit through which God spoke through which the people of God heard, and they were reminded of that promise. If you look earlier in the chapter, he said, the promise that was given to me, the promise that was given to my father, that we will be a vehicle of blessing for all people, I'm now giving it to you. He thought it was Esau, but Jacob stole it. Jacob had done a lot of things wrong. Jacob was not a model citizen. He was conniving, he was manipulative, he was selfish, and he was known for taking advantage of people and being an outright liar. But he was still used by God. In spite of all of his flaws, God had a plan. And he can use the broken and flawed things to accomplish his plan. And that's kind of where I found myself. Headed for the woods. 
feeling overwhelmed by the responsibilities, feeling outgunned and outmatched in the things that I was trying to accomplish. And, and I just needed to be alone and hear from God to be reminded, what is it that you would have me to do? And so I went out to the woods, lost in the wilderness, kind of like Jacob. Only difference was I expected God to be there. And I was getting a bit nervous because, as I mentioned last week, it was my last night. I'd been there about two, three days. I hadn't really heard from him yet. And I was driving back in the morning. So I said, God, we got one more night to make this happen. And uh, I shared last, last week that I was uh, all ready for my spiritual moment. I, I had my fire going, and I, I just made my meal, and it was my last supper in the woods. And I was just waiting for the heavens to part. And, and for God to pour out powerful words of vision, and he did it. It started raining, at least. He poured out <laughs> some rain. <laughs> and so I scattered into my tent and fell asleep. And about, I don't know, I, I'm guessing, I'm guessing it was about 2 o'clock in the morning. I got kind of jolted and woke up. And... Uh, when I looked out through my tent, I could see that the fire was still going, which is really bad camping etiquette. And so I forced myself to get up, and I was just going to... It, it was mostly stopped raining by now. It was still a little damp, but I kind of forced myself to get up, and I was going to come just kind of kick out the coals. But something, God, told me to just sit down for a minute because he wanted to talk. So I sat there, and I had my first reflection where I'm standing in front of the fire in big shadows, and, and that was powerful. And, um, and then I was still trying to hear from God, and I was overcome by, honestly, an amazing sense of fear, of how incredibly vulnerable I was out here in the woods. I kind of shared that last week, that there's this circle of trees, and it's, I, I can't see my hand in front of my face. It's so dark out there. And there's all kinds of little noises. You can hear animals and little critters moving around. And, and I realize your average squirrel out here can beat me up right now. I'm, I'm very vulnerable. And I'm trying to have this spiritual moment. I'm trying to encounter God, but I'm so distracted by all the things that might be around me, that might happen by the darkness that I can't quite make out, all the shadows that are surrounding me. I can't hear or connect with God because there's so much happening around me. So then I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll prepare a defense system. And so I had two things. This is very literal. I thought, what did I have? And I grabbed my knife and I grabbed my shovel. And I thought, if anything comes at me, I will defend myself with my knife and my shovel. And then I looked at him and I thought, that's stupid. I don't know if you know how big bears are. <laughs> bears are pretty big. And for a bear, 
this is a toothpick and this is a spoon. So I realized that this is not going to do much for me. And so I put them down and I just continued to just be jittery. And I couldn't take my mind off of what might happen and what could be out there. And then the most amazing thing happens. It was about one of the most powerful moments I've ever had in my life. I'm sitting out in the woods. It's pitch black. The fire is very low, so there's a little bit of a glow of light. But really, I I can't see anything. It's beautiful, but unnerving. And I heard God ask me, do you trust me? I mean, for real. I I, I don't mean sitting in church on Sunday, dressed up nice, smelling good, singing songs. You're the center of my joy. I mean, I'm out in the middle of it right now. It's pitch black out here. I feel completely vulnerable to anything and everything. I have nothing on my own strength that I can use to protect myself. And the question is, do I trust God? Sometimes you trust God because you don't have any other choice. Sometimes God puts us in those situations so we don't have any other choice but to trust him. So I'm there. Nobody's around. There's no audience. There's no theological questions. There's no biblical debate. It's just me and my overwhelming circumstances and the question that God asked me. Do you feel safe in my hands? I just sat there and I thought about it. I wanted to run back to my tent, which is stupid. I don't know much about bears or wolves, but I'm pretty sure that this is not going to do much should one actually come. But for some reason, even having some thin veneer of protection makes me think I'm better off. Not because God is here, but because I have provided some thin film of protection around my circumstances. Come on, somebody. We got thin tents of protection, and we feel like we're covered, and we haven't stopped to ask the question of the hour, am I trusting God in the middle of my circumstances? So I realized the tent is a vain hope for protection. And I had to decide what to do. One other footnote. I can't stress how uncomfortable I was. I wanted to be holy and religious. I wanted to be super spiritual. I know Jesus. I should be able to block this stuff out and just focus on God. 
but my flesh was weak. And I could not focus my attention on anything else but how to protect myself in an uncomfortable circumstance. And I realized I had a choice to make whether or not to stay in this position of fear and uncomfortableness and wait for my God to move or to run back to my self-made protection and ride it out. That was a hard choice. It seems silly. It's just a tent. But there was a spiritual transaction happening at that moment. God was trying to break through something and make a point to me. And so I just held on and just said, I'm just going to just going to wait, and, and it's uncomfortable. And you know what? Darkness comes in a lot of different forms. Maybe you've never been in the woods. Maybe camping and this isn't your kind of thing, but darkness can come in a hospital bed. Darkness can come when the prognosis from the, from the medical experts say it doesn't look too good and there, there's not much else we can do for you and, and we don't know what you're going to do and, and, and it looks like it's over. But, but you got to ask yourself, do I trust God when the bad news comes? Darkness can be in your bedroom. For my folks that are single, maybe you just didn't imagine being single at this stage in your life for all kinds of reasons. Divorce, death of a loved one. But whatever the circumstance was, I didn't think I'd be here right now on my own. And, and I know what God has called me to, and I know what he wants for my life, and I know what he says about me, but you know what? Sometimes it's just lonely. And I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of looking for a person who's worthy of my love and, and who understands me and, and knows and serves the God that I serve. It'd be easier to take a shortcut, and it's dark out here by myself. And I'd rather just run back to the tent of pleasure and relationship, even if it's a bad one. At least I got one. And it's hard to hold fast in the darkness and wait for God. Maybe your darkness is with your children. Maybe they're making bad decisions. Maybe they're going directions you never would want them to go. And, 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 and you're working so hard to try to move them and guide them and drive them and, 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 and manipulate them into a life that you feel is better than the one that they're choosing for themselves. And I'm frustrated by them and, and I'm, trying to, I'm trying to show them and there's nothing wrong with that. But when I try to control it, I have to ask, do I trust God with my children? Or am I sitting in this darkness so fearful that I'm holding up knives thinking I can fight back the wolves? It's 
I find myself uncomfortable in darkness. Holding on. Asking myself the question, for real, for real, do I trust him? And I thought, as exposed as I am, as vulnerable as I am, as many shadows and things that could be lurking, I don't think God brought me here to kill me. I just don't believe that. That's not the kind of God that I know. He didn't bring me this far to have me finish like this. And so I started to remind myself that just like he told Jacob, I have plans for your life. I have purpose and destiny for you, and I'm not going to leave you until I finished everything that I promised to do in your life. And when I thought about that, I just, I could, there was a hedge of protection around me. And I stopped thinking about shovels and knives. And, and I stopped trying to think about all the things that could be out there. And, and, and I just felt this sense of, of peace. I could just breathe. I could just sit. Now, notice the circumstances didn't change. It's not morning. It's still 2 o'clock in the morning. I still can't see my hand in front of my face, and I still hear critters moving. But a peace that surpasses all understanding came over me when I said, yes, God, I trust you. And I can just sit in the midst of all that I can't see or understand and know that you have me in the palm of your hand. It was just good to be there. Now, I did look around every now and then. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> just every now and then, I mean, you would just to make sure God didn't want me to respond to something. But, but by and large, it was a peaceful scene now. <laughs> and I was glad I made the choice to stay in the middle of darkness and uncertainty, trusting that God would show himself. So that's number two. When I come to those situations that I am fearful and that I have doubt and I have worry and I, my mind is running away with all the what-ifs and what-could-bes and what-might-happens, to choose to sit there and trust in my God. So time goes on. And uh, I don't know, it's maybe 20 minutes later. And, and the flame is starting to die down. Uh, it's pretty much all the flame is gone. It's just some kind of glowing coals. And, uh, and I'm sitting there and just thinking about these revelations and thinking about God and thinking about how good he's been and and how grateful I am for just spending some time with them. And, and then the third thing happened to me, that finally the, the coals just pretty much just go out. And um, I realized I wasn't really happy about that. 
because there was a little bit of light around me. And now it's super dark. <laughs> and now I'm really alone out here, swallowed up by darkness. And um, I'm ready to run back to my tent. It didn't go anywhere. Tent's still there. And just as I'm starting to think about this and some of those old feelings are coming up, something else amazing happened. I don't know, maybe five minutes after the fire went out. I started looking around. And all of a sudden, I started recognizing things. That's not a bear. That's that rock I was standing on earlier. That's not a snake. That's a stick that I was using to start the fire. And it hit me what was happening. I had been focused on the campfire, which was a light, but it was still a man-made light. And while it wasn't morning yet, Maybe the moon or the stars, it was kind of cloudy, but there was still a more pervasive light that was coming on the scene. Actually, it had been there all along, but my own man-made light was drowning it out. So, so now that my man-made light had gone out, all of a sudden my eyes are beginning to adjust to a light that came from a different place, and I can start to see the circumstances around me completely differently. And it was amazing, all of those trees and all of those branches and all of those things that I thought were lurking monsters and dangers, all of a sudden, all the what-ifs and the could-bes became things I was no longer fearful of. Once I start to see with the eyes that are beyond my own making, I start to look at my circumstances in a less fearful manner. See, the Bible says, why do you worry about tomorrow? It doesn't add one day to your life. And by the way, there's nothing you can do about it anyway. And so if you trust that you are in the hedge of protection of God, then today and this moment has enough worry by itself. I don't need to spend my time getting all worked up and stressed out and spending all my energy thinking about all the what ifs that probably never will be. And once I start to see with a different set of eyes, I realize that there really wasn't as much to be fearful about anyway. And that was my third reflection. Whose light am I using to see my circumstances? The campfire is good. The campfire is functional. The campfire serves its purpose, but I made that. So when I use my gifts and my abilities and my talent and my personality and my resources, I can generate some light, but it won't allow me to have a light, that, a vision that transforms my realities to see beyond what I would see on my own. Sometimes it's good when my light is diminished because then I can see by the light my Father provides. 
all those shadows melted away. All those sources of fear that kept me on my edge and unable to be in the presence of God, all of a sudden he allowed me to see it the way he saw it. And I was able to focus my attention and hear from my God. Sometimes we wonder why we're not communing with God, why there's not the intimacy with God. Well, sometimes we have to get ourselves in the right situation, and then sometimes we have to change our vision. Excuse me. Sometimes we have to allow our vision to be changed. It's not the circumstances, and we spend so much time trying to change our circumstances when God says, I'm trying to change you in the midst of your circumstances. And it was beautiful. I could see stars. I could see trees. I could see all these things around me. I could still hear the, the river, the, the creek running behind me. And the most amazing thing is somehow in the middle of now was not so pitch black, but it was still dark. And here's a word for somebody that no matter how dark your circumstances are, when you have the light from our father, you can still see beauty in the middle of your darkness. Just like Jacob said. I was in the middle of my wilderness. I was in the middle of my fear factors. I was in the middle of my uncomfortableness, and I didn't know God was here. But once I was still, I found out he never left me for one second. That's what I learned by the campfire. Make sure that my Shadows don't imitate the light. Make sure that I don't get so overwhelmed by fear that I can't stay in my circumstances and be reminded that God is my strength and my shield, my protector, my good shepherd. To not run from those things that what could be and, 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 and might be and, 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 what if it, and what if it might happen but to stay there and know that God is with me even when I don't feel him. And then the third thing is to not be so in love with my own light that I miss the Father's light. <laughs> so I sat there and just soaked it in and was just grateful to God for this time. And then I got up after a little while and went back in my tent and had one of the best night's sleeps I've had in a long time. <laughs> one more thing I want to share with you. So a few hours later, I don't know, it's probably 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, I, I wake up again. And uh, it's still pretty dark, but uh, there's still some stars out. It's, it's mostly dark, but you can tell sunrise is, is coming. And so I got up and I, and I decided to go do something else I really like to do. I went fishing. <laughs> I got up and walked down to the creek, 
And by the way, that's one of my favorite. This has become one of my new favorite things. I love sleeping by rushing water. It's just, it reminds me that his mercies are new and, and they're flowing and that all of this, this new life, it's this living water is available and it's always moving. And so I, I get up in the morning, it's still kind of dark and I go outside. I mean, I, I go down to the creek and, and I'm fishing. Don't really even care about fishing. I'm just glad to be there. And, and God just reminded me how good he is. You know, the Bible says... Creation reminds us of the awesomeness of God. Have you just sat in his magnificent handiwork, in his painting, and just see how beautifully he crafts mountains and, 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 and hillsides and, and, and streams and meadows? He is masterful with his creation, and it cries out, what kind of God could make something like this just by saying, make it so? And I'm just enjoying this time, just being out in his creation and reminding myself of the goodness of God. And then, and then the most amazing thing, God is just showing off at this point. So I'm down in the river and, you know, it's in a valley because that's where rivers are. They're in valleys. So um, I'm in this river and I'm fishing and, and then the sun starts to come up. And this was angelic the, the sun starts coming up and it, it's coming over the mountains and over these beautiful green trees and and it's shining down through the valley and there's a mountain in the background and i mean it's 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 not just you know just a uh, a big sunrise it's 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 the oranges and the reds and it's just beautiful arrangement of colors just coming across it and washing the whole valley and i thought this is about as close to heaven as you can get on this side it was just beautiful. And it's just, I'm basking in this and thanking God for just sharing this with me. And, and then it hit me. I was thinking about all the things I thought through and all the stress and all the worry and all the frustration that was here on the mountaintop. And I thought about my time with God and I thought about the sunrise and I remembered the scripture that weeping may endure for a night. Morning is coming. Light is coming. Joy is coming. Healing is coming. Redemption is coming. Deliverance is coming. Peace is coming. Mercy is coming. Glory is coming in the morning. He promised we won't stay in the night forever. He's going to be there. And his blessings, his mercies are new every single day. I said, thank you, God, for reminding me that my valley is not the end of my story. That just like Jacob, you have plans for my life. Plans for your life. Plans to prosper you. Plans to be, be made a present through you. 
plans that all people on earth will be blessed through you. And at that point, I was so full. I just, I didn't even have the words. What else can you say when you encounter a God who meets you in your moment of need, pours out his mercies, reminds you you are safe and secure in the master's arms, and gives you a brand new day that you may live for him again. I pray that you find your space and time to encounter your God, not your grandfather's God, not big mama's God, not your neighbor, husband, wife, cousin's God, but that God may meet you in the midst of your wilderness and give you a vision of his life and his plans for you that will make you say, God, I love you from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head, and I give you the best that I have because you alone are worthy of praise. And that's exactly what Jesus reminds us. The word said that he became the firstborn He took on the birthright. He took on the role of blessing that he would make sure that all of God's family would have no obstacles to her eternity with him. And you might be like Jacob, where you've been hearing about God for a long time. You know scriptures and stories and you've sung songs, but you're in the middle of your wilderness and your head is on a rock and you're tired and you've been living in a way that isn't pleasing and no matter how many church services you've come to, you haven't met him for yourself yet. And that's what I want to pray for today. That no matter where you are, if you're in the valley, if you're on the mountaintop, if you're somewhere in between, that today may be the day that you encounter this God who has you in the palm of his hand and is calling you in, and today you may draw closer to him than you've ever been before. I pray that for each one of us in this place. What's that song the brothers were just singing? No matter where I'm at, no matter what issues I'm dealing with in my home, in my marriage, on my job, uh, no matter what health concerns, no matter what problems or stresses, no matter what the world and the enemy may throw at me, I rest assured in the midst of it all because God has told me that my life is in his hands. And for that, we give him praise. Thank you for joining us for this installment of Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church located at 47385 Warm Springs Boulevard, Fremont, California. We can be found on the web at www.sobcc.org. 
We'd like to take a moment to invite you to come and join us in person for one of our dynamic Sunday morning worship services. Services begin at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. each Sunday, and we would be so blessed to have you come worship with us. We'd also love to hear from you a word about how this ministry is helping you renew your mind for the glory of Jesus Christ. So please contact us, and we pray God's blessings over you the rest of this day. God bless.